Right, good afternoon everybody. Um, I'm sure we'd all like to be a good person. Um, so what I want to think about this afternoon is try and form a definition for what it actually means to be a good person and just to think about how we get there. Uh, in, what, in what way can we motivate ourselves to be good people? That's as, as simple as we're going to keep it. Uh, so we have to, don't we? We have to come up with some definition of what it means to be good. And uh, we might start with like a, quite an obvious baseline, which is keeping the law, you know, paying taxes, uh, not murdering anybody and not stealing. You know, that's quite a good baseline for being a good person, isn't it? Um, but, uh, the problem with that, though, is that, uh, you know, you can, you can keep the law uh, as it stands today, and yet people, you could keep the law in such a way that people might still regard you as a not very nice person, because the law, you know, doesn't say things about, you know, being patient, or uh, being friendly, or having compassion on people. So we've got, to, we've got to add them to the list then, haven't we, of, of being a good person. You've got to keep the law, but you've also, you've also got to add some other character traits like friendliness, compassion, patience, uh, honesty. You've got to add these on top. Um, but I, th I think one thing that people would probably agree with, which um, elevates you know, the really, really good people is people who are willing to make sacrifices in order to help other people. Now, I, th I think across the board, people would agree that the kind of person that is willing to do that is a good person. You know, they're, they're, they're willing to sacrifice some of their time or money or effort or energy or whatever it is uh, in order to be of service to someone else, and uh, and you know every, every so often in the, in the news you'll read about somebody like that, won't you? you? You read about somebody who's gone out of their way and made a sacrifice in order to help other people, and you read it and you think, oh, that's good, you know, that's that's a good thing that they did. Um, and we uh, and perhaps we could leave it there. And I think, uh, I think that's sometimes where many people do leave it as their definition of what it means to be a good person. Um, but I want to dig a bit deeper than that. Uh, and to do that, we're going to dip into the Bible. And in particular, we're going to look at the words of Jesus. Because I think more than any man, uh, he was somebody who really challenged our view of what it, what it means to truly be a good person. Um, because let's say, for example, you, you had to choose uh, who, who was the best person in the world. You know, um, and based on what we've just talked about, you know, people who, who make sacrifices in order to help other people, well, if, if perhaps we thought, well, who's given up the most money in order to, to help people. Well, the answer to that would probably be somebody like Bill Gates uh, or Warren Buffett, these, these sort of US philanthropists who have a huge amount of money and have given up a huge amount of money uh, for, for good causes. 
Um, but does, does that make them the best people in the world? Well, uh, let's have a look at uh, Mark um, chapter 12. Because really, this is where Jesus begins to take our standard definition of what it means to be good and really sort of prod at it um, to really find, you know, the core of, uh, of what it means to be a good person. Uh, so Mark chapter 12 and verse 41. Jesus sat over against the treasury. Uh, so this is the treasury in, uh, in the temple of God. Um, and people would bring their, their offerings, their money offerings to the treasury. Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto his disciples, and he saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So you, you notice what Jesus is doing there. He's saying that there are all these people that are making sacrifices of their money. Um, some of them are very rich and they give a large amount. Um, but there's then this poor widow and uh, she gives a very small amount. But uh, Jesus is making the point that it's not the amount that counts um, but it's the person that makes the largest sacrifice relative to what they have you know all these rich people were coming and making huge in monetary value sacrifices but perhaps ones that really didn't actually mean a great deal to them and that they could just you know sort of shrug off um, and Jesus says well in terms of the level of sacrifice, this poor widow, she's done more than all of them. So she is actually the person that's the most good. She's the best person here. Uh, she's the one that's actually offered the most. Um, so it's good. So that tells us something about sacrifice then, doesn't it? That. Um, you know, for a sacrifice to be a good sacrifice, um, it's actually got to be worth something to us. It's got to be something that um, that touches us when we miss it, when we lose it. Uh, otherwise, it's not really a sacrifice. And this uh, this then got me thinking about charity shops because you know, every so often we feel good about you know clearing out our junk and taking it down to the charity shops. Uh, but actually, it's our junk, isn't it? You know, if we didn't give it to a charity shop, we'd just throw it in the bin. So it's, uh, you know, we, 
it's not really the sort of thing we can pat ourselves on the back for, is it? Because you know what I'm saying. We 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 wouldn't we wouldn't miss it when it's gone. So that's that's the way in which Jesus, through his words, just really probes at this idea of what it really means to be good. And sometimes, well, a lot of the time, it's uncomfortable because things that we would like to pat ourselves on the back for and think, oh, well done me for taking all my junk to the charity shop. Well, you know, maybe I can't feel quite so good about that as I I would do. So you get the point. Uh, Let's then go to our reading that we took in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, where again, Jesus with his words is going to niggle niggle away at our idea of what it means to be good and sort of just challenge us really. Uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 30. Uh, Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful, and to the evil. So here Jesus is talking about our behaviour, and about making sacrifices and doing it in such a way that we don't expect anything in return. Um, You know, like in verse 34 there, if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have you? You know, that's that's just... That's that's just banking, isn't it? That, uh, you know, lending and hoping to get back, possibly with a bit bit extra for a a bit of a thank you. That's... You know, there's, there's, there's nothing great in that, is there? Um, but to, to give to people and not expect anything in return, not even a thanks, because that's what it says in verse 35, isn't it? Uh, God is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. You know, are you prepared to give something to someone and they don't even say thank you? Well, Jesus says that that's... Uh, that's what really being a good person is. Uh, let's uh, have a look at something similar that he said in Luke chapter 14. Uh, Luke chapter 14. 
and verse 12. And I should add for context that um, Jesus is basically a dinner party here. Uh, Luke chapter 12. Then Jesus said to him that bade him, so the, the person that gave Jesus this invite for the dinner party, Jesus said this to him, When you make a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbours, which I bet he had, <laughs> um, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. So here's, here's an example of that, isn't it? Making a sacrifice for someone who you know can't repay you. Uh, you know, it's all very well to uh, have dinner parties and, you know, throw a dinner party for someone and at the end they say, oh, thank you so much, that was wonderful. And you know you'll get an invite to theirs next month. Well, you know, that's, you know, there's no, nothing to be thanked for there, is there? Um, so you, you see the way in which, you know, Jesus is prodding at this idea of being good and raising it really to another level. Are you prepared to still be good when you don't get any thanks, you don't get anything in return, you know, nobody gives you a reward or a pat on the back. Are you still prepared to be a good person then? Let's have a look at uh, Matthew chapter 6. It's a final example now, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. Beware of practising your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So here Jesus is talking about making a sacrifice and helping others in a way that nobody but you knows about. And not telling anyone, you know. So you can't even you can't even give people the opportunity to thank you. Um, you know, that's are you still prepared to be good when nobody's going to thank you, nobody's going to pat you on the back, you're not going to get anything in return, nobody but you knows that you've even done it. Uh, you know, Jesus says, if you're still prepared to be good, with all those caveats, then that's the, that's the real good. You know, that's the best type of person to be. 
So the best person in the world is somebody who gave everything they had to strangers who were in need, who they knew couldn't repay, and they did it for no other motive than to help. And, uh, and when I say that, you know, if you know anything about the story of Jesus, then you'll realise that, you know, Jesus didn't just say these things either. That's the wonderful thing about him, because he did it. That's exactly what he did. That is Jesus. Uh, Paul in Romans says, uh, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, this is the example of the best person who ever lived, uh, of Jesus, who for complete strangers, uh, who he didn't know, uh, people who were likely never to thank him or never to give him anything back for what he did, he gave his life for them. No. And, um, and the Bible calls him sinless, which means without fault. Basically, the Bible calls him uh, the best person who has ever lived. Um, and so that, that, that's what the Bible has to say about being a good person. And, uh, and to my mind, it really digs into the heart of what makes us a good person. And as a result, it's challenging. It's hard. Um, and perhaps it helps explain why the Bible can sometimes be quite negative about human behaviour. Uh, for example, in the Old Testament, the prophet Jeremiah says, um, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You know, and you think, oh, Jeremiah, that sounds a, that's, you know, sounds a bit over the top. But we're actually talking about another level here. This is the... This is the gold standard for being good that we're talking about here. Uh, in the Psalms, um, this is in Psalm 53, where the psalmist says, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand that did seek God. Every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Um, even Jesus himself objected when somebody called him good, um, which I never really get my head round. And uh, I suppose the lesson from this is that even when we do good things, you know, things that people normally regard as being, you know, a nice thing to do, our motives betray the fact that we're sometimes quite self-serving, even in the good things that we do. You know, when I give to charity shop, it's actually self-serving because I've got rid of a load of my junk. Um, if we only do good things when it suits us, then we're actually really limiting ourselves in terms of how good we can actually be. And this standard of goodness from the Bible is really on another level to how we usually think. And there's, there's no doubt that the world would be a better place if people followed this standard, you know, if, every, if everybody did good to this level without caring about whether people thanked them for it or patted them on the back or gave them a reward, there is no doubt that the world would be a nicer place to live in.
So then, that's what good is. And it's, it's one thing to know that, isn't it? But then it's an entirely different thing to try and make that happen in our lives. And, um, you know, my title today is What Makes a Good Person? And you could read that as, um, you know, what kind of characteristics a person needs to have to be good. But there's another way to read it as well. Um, what makes a good person? What is the motivation for people to be good? What, what prods you into behaving in a better way? Uh, because, you know, when you see nice people, it's tempting just to look at them and think, oh, they're, they're probably like that because they find it easy or it's just naturally how they are. Or, they're, you know, that person's always got a smile on their faces. They were probably born like that. But that's, you know, the Bible doesn't really say that about people. In fact, it says the opposite. It says that people are naturally not very good. In fact, we're naturally bad and that we have to fight against that. And um, more importantly, the Bible says that it's a fight that can be won. Let's have a look at uh, 1 Corinthians. You know, there's no point just throwing up our hands and saying, uh, well, it's not really much I can do about it, it's just who I am. I was born lazy. I'm sure there are people who find it easier to be certain things, you know, to be upbeat and cheerful and kind. And, uh, but I'm sure they have other challenges as well. Uh, but uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 Paul says, there, has, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. So Paul is saying that um, we have a choice. Uh, we have a, you have a choice whether you want to be good, whether, whether you want to... Uh, follow the Bible's standard for being good or not. You know, it's not that we're destined to um, uh, to be bad, um, and that's important because it tells us that change is possible. If I if I want to become better, then then I can do it. Uh, then I can manage it. So um, so the big question is: Well, what is it then that motivates us to try and change? And uh, this is where I have a, a, a huge problem with the modern society that we live in. Um, it, um, it angers me in a way, which is that it, it does not motivate me in the slightest to try and be a better person. Uh, in fact, the opposite. The world in which I live tries to get me to be worse. And that's annoying. It's not just annoying. It, you know, it's, it's upsetting. Um, there's practically nothing in the world that I live that tells me when I'm not being good, when I'm, you know. Unless you've got really, really, really good friends, it's very easy to go through life without ever being challenged to be a better person. 
Um, you know, if I'm really, really, really bad, then, you know, obviously the law gets me and I end up in prison. But we've already seen that that's a pretty weak definition for being good. Um, but the, you know, the, the capitalist, consumerist society in which we're in encourages me not to be a nice person. It encourages me to look after number one, to care about me. Be good to yourself. Treat yourself. You deserve it. You're worth it. You know, you need this and that to make you a complete person. You know, it's your happiness that's important here. Um, and it does challenge me in a way because it, it says, you know, you should look like this. Why don't you look like this? You should be wearing these clothes. Why are you not wearing these clothes? Well, that's the way in which it challenges me. It never challenges me to actually be a nice person. Um, I'm actively encouraged to be lazy and selfish and, uh, you know, and, and impatient. And, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a, a, a product of capitalism, I guess, isn't it? And, uh, but our, our education system, that's not a whole lot better. You know, we, we teach children to be uh, aspirational and we tell them that they're failures if they don't uh, uh, do the best that they can for themselves. And, we d and when we say that, we don't mean be the nicest, the, 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 you know, we don't mean for them to be the best type of people that they can be. We mean, you know, have a, have a good job and a high-flying career and, uh, and have a big house. Um, I remember when, uh, when I was at school, we were encouraged to do volunteering. And you think, oh, that's good, that's nice. But you know the reason that everybody said we should do that? Because it will look really good on your CV. You know, I, ne I never heard anybody say, you should do volunteering because it's, it's a good thing to do. It's good to sacrifice some of your time to help other people. No, nobody ever said that. Everybody said, you know, in later life, when you've got a good career, this is just one small stepping stone to that. And that's, that's a shame, isn't it? But the Bible, on the other hand, is completely different. The Bible is very challenging. Um, it exposes my failings. It calls me out for selfish behaviour. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And, uh, and the Bible says this about itself. Uh, let's have a look at uh, 2 Timothy. Second uh, Timothy chapter three and uh, verse sixteen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the Bible is to help us uh, do good works. But you notice how it does that. It does that by reproof. It does it by telling us off and by saying, look, that's not the right thing to do. It does it by correction, it does it by correcting us. And that's, you know, that's not always pleasant, um, but it is good for us. Um, 
In Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Which is uh, weird language, but it's speaking as if the Bible is a, a sword that sort of pierces into you and needles and prods and makes you think about your motives and your actions. Um, so the Bible is a motivator in that way and it provides me with the gold standard of how to be good in the example of Jesus and it encourages me to try and copy that example. Uh, and that's part of the reason why you know, every week the Bible tells us to meet together and to remember the life of Jesus. You know, we do that by eating bread and drinking wine. Uh, you know, it's a simple way that Jesus told us to remember him by. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he's recounting the words of Jesus, where Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Uh, Jesus says, remember my life, because... You know, it's important that you are challenged by the way that I led my life uh, to try and lead yours in the same way. Uh, Paul goes on to say, let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Now, that's what we have to do to think about uh, the way in which we live our lives. Uh, there's one final problem, though. So the Bible, the Bible's definition of good is challenging. It's hard. It involves sacrifice. Um, it sounds like a difficult way to live your life. Um, so why would you bother? No, why not just why not just stick to the easy way? Well, aside from the fact that we could be using our lives to improve the lives of people around us, there is one other great motivation that the Bible gives us. And, th and that is resurrection, the hope of another life. Uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. And actually, through all of those passages that we read of Jesus' teaching and his words, he always held out this hope that if you, if you are prepared to live your life like this, uh, to make these sacrifices that you won't be thanked for, that you don't receive any reward for, don't worry, because God will thank you for it, and God will reward you for it, just not yet, uh, but in a time to come. Uh, and this is what First Corinthians 15 is all about, the hope of resurrection. And, uh, and Paul himself, in verse 19, admits that if it's not for this resurrection business, then, um, you know, why would we bother? Uh, verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. You know, being, trying to be good all the time in this way is, is not going to be the easiest or most fun way to live your life. Um, you know, and, he, and he's right, isn't it? Trying to be good is not the easy thing to do. 
Uh, it does bring, bring some benefits to life. It brings purpose, it brings fulfilment, it brings meaning to life. Uh, but at the same time, it's exhausting and it's difficult. Uh, it will bring suffering and you, you won't be thanked for it. But uh, let's read on. Verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. God promises to us that if we try and follow the example of his son, that he will give us everlasting <coughs> life in his kingdom on the earth. Uh, and not just any life, a life where there will, will be no more bad, but everything will be good. Um, It says of that time, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Now, that's a wonderful, a wonderful hope to have. So then, what makes us good? I firmly believe that it's this. It's the Bible that has the power to make us truly good. Um, it tells us what it means to be good. It's honest and it's truthful about the problems with our behaviour. Uh, it gives us the wonderful aspirational example of the Lord Jesus. And it gives a wonderful hope of a better life to those who are prepared to try and follow his example. A world that will be full of good.